Thanks for checking out the Brad and John Show podcast. This segment of the show is brought to you by John Combest's book, Stalking, Harassment, Internet Trolling, A Guide to Recovering and Rebuilding After Online Attacks. It's a great reference if you've ever been the unfortunate target of a social media attack. It's available on Amazon. Just search John Combest. That's C-O-M-B-E-S-T. John Combest, and the book will show up in your search results. Now it's time for another segment of the Brad and John Show. Can you handle it? It's me, Egbert, E-G-G-B-U-R-T. Check out my website at egbert.com. Now it's back to those two dudes who told me they would bring in big ratings. They better are their history. Here are Brad and John. It is bj.show. I got it right, bj.show. bjshow.co. Oh, my God. I did it wrong again. <laughs> bjshow.co. bj.show would be good, though, Brad. That would be a good one to snatch up. The only problem was it was like $2,000. So oh, yeah, yeah, Don't yeah. take the wrong way, John, but I don't have $2,000 for a domain name, at least not at this point in time. Okay, yesterday in uh, national news, I will read you a story, and this was, this was on, uh, what was it, this one was Fox St. Louis police force hits all-time low following a defund police movement. It's out of control. And this is the widow of uh, police captain David Dorn, who was also mm. a police officer herself. Um, she's talking about um, the widow retired police uh, captain David Dorn, retired St. Louis homicide detective Roger Murphy. She joined Fox and Friends Wednesday to discuss how the defund police movement and, and rhetoric from politicians impacted the city. Dorn's husband was shot dead June 2020. She says, nobody wants to come down in the city and be a policeman anymore. It's out of control. We were never like that until the last five, ten years, she said. Dorn said the defund the police movement has had a neb- negative impact on the morale of the city, and as a result, they are losing officers left and right. She says... When Cori Bush and Mayor Tashara Jones called for defunding the police, what does that make it sound like? The citizens are like, well, what does that mean? Said Dorr, blasting local officials for putting social workers on the streets and reducing the visibility of the officers in the community. The citizens are suffering. They're not seeing the police. They want to see the police out there, Dorn told host Lawrence Jones, who reported live from St. Louis. Did you know that he was here in St. Louis doing that? No, I didn't know that. I Lawrence, didn't see that. Thanks yeah. for flagging that for me. He was in St. Louis, and, and once again, he was talking about the crime and the whole bit. And then we have this this the situation on the other side of the state. Ah, man. Yeah, and as you mentioned, you, you have what happened after the Drake concert. So it's just oh, the, yeah. the, the, the perception of yeah. complete lawlessness and law enforcement, or at least leaders in the city not willing to do anything. Yeah, husband and daughter killed by a car accident. A guy who several wit- witnesses said was speeding through downtown uh uh, you know, I don't know if you consider. I, you know, it's sort of weird. I don't consider. Once you get west to Tucker, I don't consider that to be downtown. But I, most people, I think. I mean, you don't, but I think most people consider that. If it's if it's not in the central west end and it's further east of that, I think most people just lump that whole thing together. Well, they call the new thing now where they call where the new, uh, you know, the new soccer stadium is. They call that downtown west. Oh yeah, that's, that's what right. they refer to it as. Well, anyway. You know, I should ask Ed Golterman. Ed Golterman would be the... the... <laughs> <laughs> he sure would. You know what? Maybe you guys should... Maybe we should have him... For, remember, the 100% of what I know about Ed is from you and from comments that I've... That, that you've relayed to me from Ed. And so I'm sure he would have a, uh, some perspective on a lot of stuff happening. But wouldn't you say that almost all of it would come back to the opera house? <laughs> hold, hold on a minute. Okay. <laughs> Are we going to have a spontaneous moment on the air here, Brad? We're calling Ed. The wireless customer you are calling is not available. Please try again later. <laughs> we tried. <laughs> we did our best. 
<laughs> hey, it's spring training. We're not going to be batting a thousand on people to get on the phone. But we were graced by Shelly Barr this week in an unsolicited call from Shelly on Valentine's she Day. She thought that was so funny. I got on your station. I got on your show. It was me on your show. Okay, fine, whatever, Shelly. Now she now, but she's not physically able to hear us. I don't mean from her ears, but I mean where she lives. She's not able to hear us live, but she can hear the podcast. Yes. And okay, she, that's correct. She does yeah. listen to some of the podcasts. And one of these days, we'll get some streaming going. I had somebody the other day going, how come you're not streaming? I go, you know what? It costs money. Uh, and unlike NPR, we can't afford those, those $4,000 Neumann microphones, you know? <laughs> and, yeah, but and also everybody can just listen, I mean, at their convenience in the car, which is what most people do anyway. Right, right, right. Which is, of course, if you go by the automakers, that that'll be an option. We talked about this. <laughs> we talked about this last week. That one of the interesting things is, matter of fact, the interesting thing of talking about this, um, I'll mention something which I found fascinating. That Ford Motor Company is going through all sorts of changes, mainly because of the fact that as all the automakers are going through the changes, they're going like they were going to go jump into EV, you know, head and shoulders, and now they're going like, eh, we don't know about this anymore. Some of them are rethinking; they're maybe going going back to hybrids and things like that. Mm-hmm. There was an interesting story about the guy who was like the the C the the COO, the chief operating officer, the uh, the CFO of of Ford, and apparently. Um, I don't know how he got this, that they said the new vehicles, they're evaluating what options people use in the new vehicles and deciding if they want to continue offering those options. And one of the things that all the car manufacturers have been touting is the self parallel parking aspect. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Where you hit a button and the car parallel parks itself. Okay. The interesting part of that is he says, I think the statistic he gave that, that when they did their research on it, only 12% of the people who have the parallel parking option on their Ford ever use it. So they're going to essentially eliminate it because of the fact that it's not being used. Now, there's a couple of different aspects. First off, if you were the typical suburban person, you never parallel park anymore. No. <laughs> yeah, no, that's seriously. absolutely true. I was just going to say, and can we gender stereotype here, Brad? Do you assume that roughly 100% of people who use that feature are women? No, I don't. I, I think it's both. I really don't. You think so? Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, well, see, here. Now, here's a perfect example. I had to go into downtown St. Charles yesterday. Okay. I did parallel park. And I have to tell you. I'm not bragging, but I'm pretty damn good at parallel parking. I've mm-hmm. taught my kids how to parallel park, and all of them ace that on the driver's test. Uh, but yet, for the most part, if you are, unless you live in an urban environment, and even like in downtown St. Charles, where you still have the parking on the street and you have to parallel park, you don't see that much anymore. Yeah, well, mean, you never have to park. Yeah, you never right. have to park on a curb or in a tight spot anymore. Right. If you live in Chesterfield, you live in West some place in West County where you drive up. You know, there's a parking lot. You you know, pull into parking space. You go to any kind of shopping center. For the most part, unless you're going <laughs> yeah. into a downtown urban environment like downtown St. Louis or the city of Clayton or or downtown St. Charles, there's no parallel parking anymore. Which is sort of a lost art in itself. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, that's the interesting thing with Ford. And they're evaluating some of these things they're putting in a standard, essentially saying, okay. And his point was that it would save Ford, I think he said, $62 for each car if they eliminate that parallel parking option. And you're going, that's 62 bucks. It's 60. A, <laughs> it's a $40,000, $50,000 car. Well, you start multiplying that when you start 
producing a million cars. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. Pretty soon it starts to add up. What, what's the old saying? A million here, a million there. Pretty soon. And you're pretty talking soon about you're so- talking about real money. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> now, see, I wouldn't. I don't know if I would. I mean, if I had a lot of time and I was in an area where cars weren't behind me. Maybe I would try the parallel parking feature, but I'm like you, Brad. Like I, like I'm pretty confident in my parallel parking abilities. I've known a number of women. I'll choose my words carefully here, for whom we would be in, uh, you know, an urban or suburban area, and we needed a parallel. Where if on the rare occasion they were driving, we would switch spots, and I would parallel for them. Now well, I'm, I'm generally not going to put my life's my life in the hands of a female driver. But if I had to at some point and we had to parallel, I would parallel for you. Let me, I, boy, you, those are fighting words for, for men and women. I know, that, was, that was intentionally <laughs> instigatory there. Um, um, let's, let's throw another, another uh, bizarre situation to this. If you've been into certain parts of downtown Clayton or certain parts of downtown St. Louis, where I don't know where they call, what they call this, there's probably some traffic term for this, where you don't park at the curb anymore. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, where there's like the bike lane there. Yes, the bike lane so that, is... So that bikers can come through and hit your side view mirror and <laughs> yes. speed off. Or, or as, as, as I say, like I've never, I, you know, I used to go in downtown Clayton all the time and they did that on, what was that, on Merrimack? Which is the one? No, hold it. On 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 Maryland. Maryland. Maryland is the one that turns into Ladue. When you're in Ladue, yeah, you get Yeah, yeah, Maryland. Yep. I know exactly where you're talking about. You get off By of... the library. There's a library right there. Right. You get off of 170 and you're in Ladue and you go a couple hundred yards east and you're now on Maryland's different street sort of like those nutbags in Kirkwood where you're driving south in Lindbergh and you enter Kirkwood now you're on Kirkwood Road you go through Kirkwood and back you're back on Lindbergh but that's all another story and there, did I ever tell you this, the reason for that do you know there's reason by that reason for no that? I don't you've never heard this story no back when Lindbergh was big time and flew across the uh, you know the Atlantic solo ended up over in Europe um, he came back to the United States he was this huge hero and he did back then the politicians and the big important people rode around the country on trains and they did what was called whistle stops oh i know where you're going with this go ahead where they would stand on the back of the the train the caboose whatever it was and they would give a speech that's what the politicians did yeah, they would they would, yeah. they would pull into a town and or, or they would they you know the crowd would be there ah it's charles lindbergh <laughs> charles lindbergh did not stop in kirkwood so when they decided to brand or to name Kirkwood or the, the main street that went from all the way up in North County to all the way down in South County, one of the few streets in the St. Louis area that traverses, I don't know how many gazillion different municipalities. If you figure like you're going North County, it's Florissant and then it's, and then it's Hazelwood and then it's, you know, and then it's Berkeley or whatever. Yeah, you know, yeah. All the different places that the city of Kirkwood decided, no. Charles Lindbergh didn't stop in Kirkwood, so we are not going to rename the street Kirkwood. I mean, Lindbergh. That's a delightful piece of pettiness. I didn't so, know that. Yes. So when you're headed south on Lindbergh and you get off on Highway 4 and you go through Frontenac and then you go through Huntley, as soon as you leave Huntley and you end up in Kirkwood, you are no longer in Lindbergh. You're on Kirkwood Road. That is beautiful. And you know, now what he, what he really should have done, just to add insult to injury, he should have had the train stop and then make a stop real quick in Webster Grove give a speech about how much he loves Webster Groves and how Webster Groves is a far superior community, get back on the train. And that would have been the worst insult ever to Kirkwood people. You know how they are about that. Or better yet, he could have done the Gary Templeton move, right? 
Oh yeah, he could have gotten off. And now he would have needed to direct that just at the ladies. <laughs> there are people out there. The sports fans probably know exactly what I'm talking about, even if they're young sports fans, because everybody knows the Gary Templeton move. <laughs> and we got in. And, and remember, our our uh, fan of the show, friend of the show, we should say Eric Schmidt is a is a big fan of the uh, Gary Templeton meme as well. He responded to our show that day with a picture of of Whitey yanking Gary Templeton off the field. If you know this. Story Gary Templeton was the the prize shortstop for the St. Louis Cardinals, and let's say he developed so somewhat of a negative attitude toward the fans of St. Louis, and the fans of St. Louis returned the negative attitude. <laughs> and one day he was is walking off the 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 field. I think he he aired or something like that. Yeah, or he didn't run out of ground ball. It was something like something that. like that. And the fans let him have it. And he flipped the fans the bird. <laughs> and it was Ladies' Day at the ball, right. which you can't have anymore, yes, of course. Right. You can't have Ladies' Day. And anymore. there's the famous picture that John found it of Whitey Herzog running into the field and grabbing Gary Templeton and throwing him into the dugout, right? It was that the... <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I think the next day, that was when Augie still owned the Cardinals. And the next day, Gary Templeton was no longer a Cardinal. So. Yeah, and, and of course, you know, the important epilogue to that, of course, is that we traded one shortstop for another. And ended up with a guy named Osborne Earl Smith that we got from the San Diego Padres. Now, uniquely, Gary Templeton had a pretty good career in San Diego. I mean, he was no Ozzie Smith, but, um, you know, he had a pretty solid career for the Padres. But the Cardinals definitely got the that was the best Cardinals trade since, you know, Lou Brock for Ernie Brolio. I'm glad so the Cardinals made out pretty well with that one. I'm glad you brought that up because that was the interesting aspect of it. That's how that's how we ended up with Ozzie Smith ultimately yeah, because yeah. because of Gary Templeton flipping off the bird on Ladies Day or flipping the the fans <laughs> off. So we really have the ladies in the in the crowd behind the Cardinals dugout to thank for us getting Ozzie Smith in a roundabout <laughs> yes. way. Well, it's strange how history works, isn't it? You, it is. It you is. go it's back a, and it's a beautiful thing. Where you go back and look at the now, how did this happen? Well, because of the fact that you know. That, <laughs> well, Gary. Templeton didn't run out of ground ball and then flipped right, off a couple women. Right, and they and 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 Ozzie or not Whitey got mad and pulled him off the field. The next day, uh, Gussie Bush probably said, "Fire that guy." You yeah, know, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And while we're at it, we'll run over Harry Carey outside of a Chase Park <laughs> right. Plaza too. Now there was a piece. I think it was from the Post Dispatch. <clears throat> excuse me. Had a. Uh, a good piece a few years ago about Gary Templeton. And I think Gary Templeton was ended up managing. He's still in baseball as of the, the time that piece was written. And he was managing a minor league team. And I got to say, for a guy that had a reputation of being a crank throughout his career, he seemed pretty humble about the whole thing. He seemed to, you know, essentially say, yeah, everything that I got in terms of flack I had coming for me, I was lazy, I was very talented, so I didn't put in a lot of effort. I thought he he came across with the wisdom of older age as being very humble. No, 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 no. That's not the case at all. Really? Yeah. You know the true story behind that? What's that? You're laughing like you're gonna, I'm going to tell the joke, right? Yeah. Oh, you think I'm, I'm going to be, be straight? or I, wanna... I, I think, you know what? I think at one point he was going to be hired by a local radio station, but they said they didn't trust baseball people. <laughs> he was going to work for Tracy Ellis, right? Yeah. No. No, what happened for real? He had someone in a very high position, took interest in him, and consoled him. You know who that was? Who was that? Jill Biden. Oh, yes, yes. She took Gary aside and said, Gary, I'm going to change your life. And Dr. Biden changed his life. 
Well, hey, and you know what? He didn't even bother looking into the fact that she's not a real doctor. Like, she's not like a medical doctor. She's like one of those other doctors with some kind of document on the wall that says they're a doctor, you know? Do you know anybody like that? I know I know two or three people like that that had their PhDs. I do, PhDs. yeah, yeah. And, it, you know, I just, I, you know, it's one thing to be, to insist upon being called a doctor. Um, but we'll just leave it at that. Because, you know, people could be listening to this show, Brad. A person that I mention all the time who had a tremendous impact on me, Dr. Camille Winter, yeah. who was my one of my journalism professors at SIU, we were told by the other professors to not refer to him as doctor because of the fact that after he was, he was chased out of Czechoslovakia by the Russians, they could not document the fact that he did have a Ph.D. So we were, we were admonished by the other professors. Hey, don't, do not call him doctor because we can't prove that he's a we real doctor. We can't confirm it. Yeah, we can't confirm he's got a Ph.D. <laughs> so he's not a doctor. So we called him doctor because we had a lot of respect for him. Okay, that's going to do it for another week. Uh, as opposed to the legislators, we worked a full five days, <laughs> and we'll be here on Monday as well, right? That we will be. See you guys on Monday. Thanks for checking out the Brad and John Show podcast. This segment of the show is brought to you by John Combest's book, Stalking, Harassment, Internet Trolling, A Guide to Recovering and Rebuilding After Online Attacks. It's a great reference if you've ever been the unfortunate target of a social media attack. It's available on Amazon. Just search John Combest. That's C-O-M-B-E-S-T. John Combest, and the book will show up in your search results. Now it's time for another segment of the Brad and John Show. Can you handle it?